We're in the book of Mark, chapter 1. The book of Mark, chapter 1. We have been preaching a series also, the book of Mark, on Wednesday nights. We kind of preached some of these verses the other night. You ready? If you have your Bibles, the book of Mark, chapter 1, verses 23 through 28, I'm going to ask you if you would please stand this morning. The scripture says in verse 23, And there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice, he came out of him. And they were all amazed insomuch that they questioned among themselves, saying, What thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And immediately his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. Mark chapter 1, verses 23 through 28. Five things I believe the Lord wants us to see today. I'm going to preach on this thought. What will happen when Jesus comes to church? Father, would you help us this morning as we try to stand and preach the word of God? Would you fill us with your might, with your wisdom, with your power? Lord, I pray today you'd speak to hearts. Deliver us today, God, I pray. Do that work which you intend to do. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray and ask, amen and amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Now the Bible says in verse 23, it's the beginning of the verse, beginning of a sentence, we see the word and. I don't think I would do any harm to the message this morning by including verses 21 and 22. Verse 21 says, and they went into Capernaum. And straightway on the Sabbath day, he entered into the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. The word and. My, my English teacher told me, don't start a sentence with and. I'm going to mark it incorrect. But the word of God, especially the book of Mark, is filled with the beginning of sentences being the word and. And they are not incorrect, Mrs. So-and-so. I'm telling you, the word of God, including the word and, it connects and catapults forward the action. Jesus Christ is uh, rapidly accelerating his ministry and he has ceaseless activity and he doesn't have a day to lose. He doesn't have an hour to squander. He doesn't have a second to burn. He is on the move. What happens, number one? Jesus, when he comes to church, he declares a message. What is his message? Now he's called his four disciples, that's Simon and Andrew, uh, James and John, and the Bible says they went into Capernaum. That means the village of comfort, surrounded by sinners on every hand. It's a dark, evil, wicked place. And where did Jesus headquarter uh, his ministry on earth? In a dark, wicked, vile, sinful place. You may say, Preacher Darren, I ought to never headquartered there. He chose it because Jesus came to reach out to sinners and receive them that they might be saved. Amen. 
Some of us, we're so separated, we don't want to be around sin, but I would remind you, thank God, that before you ever got saved, before you ever got right with God, you was a sinner on your way to hell, and Jesus came by your way one day and convicted your heart and gave you his message, and he saved your soul. Hey, man, thank God for that. Now, the Bible says he's come to Capernaum, which is the region of Galilee, and on the Sabbath day, he entered the synagogue. Preacher Darren, it didn't say church. A church wasn't even established yet. Preacher, he's entered the synagogue. Well, it's a meeting house. It's a building where they come in to teach the Word of God and preach the Word of God in worship. Uh, they would take uh, of, of the books of the law, the five books of the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and he would preach a passage uh, from that text. And then when he's done with that, he would take maybe Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Hosea, and he would preach a passage from that. And when he was finished with that, he'd come back to Psalms, Proverbs, Song of Solomon. Then he would preach a passage from that. He preached three passages and about held them all day. And the people were glad to receive the word of God. J. Harold Smith told me his first church he took, they bowed him in, and he said, my first Sunday I preached 45 minutes as hard as I could. Had two people saved. And when the service was over, the chairman of the deacon says, we need to meet with you, boy. Meet with us tonight. Five o'clock he met with them and said, what's wrong? He said, we want the hour we're paying you for. You cut it short, 45 minutes. Appreciate souls being saved. Nowadays, they'll give you a raise to get it done in 20 minutes. Say amen. Everybody's in such a rush to get out. We ain't got to get in before we get out, amen. I've scared some of you to death right now. I heard it get so quiet when I said that. The Bible says straightway. He didn't waste any time. He's moving forward. The moss is not growing underneath his feet. What's he doing? He's in a critical location. And watch his contact here. In the local house of assembly, in the synagogue, he stood up and taught the word of God in the house of God. Look with me, his content. The Bible says in verse 22, they were astonished at his doctrine. They were blown away. He warped them out of their senses by the command and the authority with which he preached. So number one, when Jesus come to church, he declares a message. Number two, when Jesus comes to church, he depicts marvel. When he speaks, you'll open mouth and drop jaw. When, 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 when he speaks, you're going to be amazed at what he has to say. The Bible says they were astonished at his doctrine for he taught them as one that had authority and not as the scribes. Uh, these uh, people in the house of God that day, they have heard a lifetime of sermons, but never one like this. Jesus taught them things they've never, ever heard before. The pure, unadulterated exposition of the Word of God. He began to expound. He began to explain. He began to exposit. He began to encourage. He began to enlighten the people that came to hear the Word of God. As he stood up, he, they compared him to the scribes that had been hearing. The scribes, who are they? They're professional experts who would give correct interpretation of the law. But here's the problem. They've lost the authority of the Word of God from their preaching. I can take you to churches this morning that they won't even open a Bible when the preacher gets up to speak. 
I can take you to churches today that just had Bible school in the last month. They didn't even use a Bible. They passed out pictures of the president and talked about their good characteristics. I ain't lying. I'm telling you, they was afraid. Listen, I said, what are y'all doing? They said, we're afraid we might insult someone. We're afraid we might offend someone. When Jesus comes to church, he's not worried about who he offends. He's going to preach the word of God. The scribes, they they would uh, give second-hand opinions and, and quoting the fellow scribes and, and they would give their man-made rules and their homespun regulations and their requirements, uh, uh, legalistic, petty requirements that they had, twisting, augmenting the Word of God. Preacher dear, when Jesus spoke with authority, what do you mean? I want to read just a passage out of Matthew chapter 5 and let's read in verse 43. This is a good one. Let's talk about His authority. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 43. You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Do you see what he said? But I say unto you, underline, underline that in your Bible. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. Pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Do you hear him? He's raising the standard. He's teaching and preaching with authority. Amen. Now, never have they heard this, type, this kind of content. Never have they ever heard this kind of truth. Jesus is preaching matters of great significance. He's preaching life and death and eternal life and how to be saved. And They've never heard anything like this. Listen. When I was a young boy, my daddy took me to hear Brother Percy Ray preach. And I've never heard such preaching in all my life. And I can still remember him preaching on the red light of hell. And then the next preacher got up and preached on God's three deadlines. Jerry Harold Smith, I've never forgotten those messages. And oh, what it would be like to have the power of God on you so much that when you heard the man of God preach, that you knew it was God speaking to your heart. Maybe there's been times in your life and you knew God spoke to you through his servant. And you can still remember that service. You still remember the points of the message that day because God was so clear. When Jesus comes to church, you'll remember what he has to say and he depicts marvel. He wants you to be astonished. He wants you to marvel at who he is, marvel in his power, marvel in his authority. He has authority over every aspect of your life. There's not a sickness. There's not a need that you have that he doesn't have control over. There's not a storm you'll go into that he doesn't have the authority over today. The Bible says, number three, in verse 23, and there was in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out. Number three, when Jesus comes to church, he will disturb, Jesus disturbs monstrosities. Now think about it. When the word of God was being taught, so clearly, so powerfully, with such authority that a man sitting in the congregation jumped up and began to cry out. He began to shriek. He began to exclaim. He began to scream. Ah! And he stopped Jesus right in the middle of his message. You can be sure 
that when the word of God is being rightly proclaimed, it will arouse the ire of the devil. Jesus preaching in the synagogue and this man interrupts him. Where is the unclean spirit at? I'm going to ask you a question. Is he, is he at the drunkard's party? Is he at the den of iniquity? Is he in the harlot's headquarters? He's in the synagogue. He's in the house of God. While the word of God is being preached, while the singers are singing, the unclean spirit is there trying to possess that man and did possess that man and trying to captivate everybody else's attention and he's trying to stop Jesus from preaching. The devil will do everything he can to do to do today to stop you from hearing me preach. He'll give you every reason to stare off, every reason to pay attention to something else. He does not want you to hear the teaching and the preaching of the inspired Inerrant word of God. Now notice with me again, the Bible says he was in the synagogue. He wasn't visiting the synagogue. He was a regular attender. His name may have been on the roll. And yet he's never been moved by this lifeless religion to do anything about his condition because when the scribes have been teaching outside the authority of the word of God, just up telling you how smart they were, showing you their education and their appeal and their intellect and their ability to communicate to people, it never one time upset the devil. He was just fine with what the scribes had to say. But when Jesus came in preaching salvation, preaching in the power of the Holy Ghost, it upset the devil. May I say, Satan will be aroused, demons will be awakened, and hell gets aggravated when the church that has fire, the fire of God on it, gets up and starts praising Him and preaching Him and praying and seeking His face. It is high time we at the house of God started doing business with the Lord. The devil thinks he's got you defeated. May I say this morning, I want to read of Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And I want to look at verse number 11 in this chapter, Ephesians 6, verse number 11. The scripture says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now we're getting ready to go deep. I hope you'll go with me. Put your crash helmets on and your seatbelts. Here we go. Did you know that the battle you're facing today there are all kinds of ramifications spiritually that the devil is trying to destroy you. He's trying to devour your family and he's really more, more than likely not just after trying to stop the preaching. I mean the devil's trying to oppress Jesus from preaching but he's after your children. He's got them dead set in his eyes. Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. You're just going to turn your kids over to the devil and his devices? Honey, I'm telling you, there's some mother bears in here that would fight you over their cubs. 
And there's some daddies that'd probably be, do even worse. They wouldn't just fight you. They'd just soon kill you as mess with you, their youngins. And I'm telling you today, our children in this church and our marriages and the walk and the testimony we have, it is not for sale. And it's not for debate. And it's not for the devil to get his tentacles upon and trying to devour us. I'm not going to have it today. Now, I will remind you, and back to Mark, that empty religion will allow the devil to get a foothold in that place because it's dead and it doesn't bother him. But if we preach the truth of the light of the word of God and let it penetrate the darkness, the rule, God's law says light defeats darkness. You have a dark room, cut on a light. The darkness has to leave. You get around the old devil or he gets around you, go to Jesus and the devil will leave you alone. He cannot stand it. It was religion that attributed Jesus' works to the power of the devil. It was religion that accused Jesus of being born out of wedlock. It was religion that maligned and slandered our Lord. It was religion that rose up and crucified him. And they couldn't have done it if Jesus didn't allow it. But what I'm saying is religion had the devil right under their nose the whole time and they didn't even know. And this morning... I have no idea what is lurking amongst our congregation today. But God told me, he said, I've got who I want there on Sunday morning. You stand up and preach the word of God, and I am interested in giving help. What happens when the word of God is preached that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins, was buried and raised again on the first day of the week? How many of y'all believe that? Amen. What happens when you start preaching the truth that you can't go to heaven unless you've been saved? I'm telling you, it arouses the ire of the devil. And monstrosities start coming out. Listen to what they said. They said, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? In other words, we have no business with you. You have no business with us. Read on. Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee, who thou art, the Holy One of God. What about that in the whole synagogue? Only one person to declare, could stand and declare that Jesus is the Son of God, and it was a demon. He's just something wrong with that picture. Why are we in the house of God not jumping up and saying, Jesus is my Savior, I praise Him, I honor Him, I give Him glory, hallelujah, to the Lamb of God. The only one recognized him was the devil in that place. And I just want to go, I just want to go out on a limb here. The Lord's not interested in having the demons as his evangelists. He wants you and I to be his witness to go forward with the testimony that Jesus saves. And when Jesus comes to the church, it will arouse or disturb monstrosity. I'm certain that right now somebody's mad at me. Number four, when Jesus comes to church, he delivers a man. The Bible says in verse 25, and Jesus rebuked him, saying, hold thy peace and come out of him. The word rebuke, what does that mean? It means to put a muzzle on. 
You ever put a muzzle on a dog? That dog can't do another thing. Jesus put a muzzle on the demon. And he said, hold thy peace. I looked this up in the Greek. This is what it means. I got to be careful here. Shut your mouth, devil. Glory to God. Do not interrupt me. I'm preaching the word of God. Shut your mouth, devil. Go back where you came from. You can be certain that no demons had been cast out of anybody in that service, in that synagogue before. And but now, this guy's been sitting there this whole time, and I believe, I really believe, there were more in there than just the one. But the one that cried out, that's the one that Jesus took out of the place. Hold thy peace and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had tore him, that means kicking and screaming, he went into convulsions, screaming, thought he muzzled him. He couldn't say anything tangible, couldn't say anything you'd pick up on. He was just making all kinds of screaming noises because he was being forced, evicted out of his home and he left that man with severe convulsions. It is a final display of rage and violence. He cried with a loud voice and he came out of him immediately, instantaneously, victory. No longer controlled by an unclean spirit. Heart no longer filled by an unclean spirit. No longer is his will paralyzed by an unclean spirit. Number five, Jesus desires us to magnify him. The Bible says in verse 27, they were all amazed. Insomuch they questioned among themselves saying, what thing is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority commandeth he even the unclean spirits and they do obey him. They were shocked. And immediately, his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. I don't think they had any text messaging back then. What do you think? I don't think they had Twitter. I don't think they had Facebook. I don't think they had Instagram and Snapchat and all these modern conveniences we do. And yet the, the, the fame of him, the word spread everywhere. Come see a man that told me all things that ever I did is not this the Christ. There was great evidence what Jesus has done. I'm telling you, when we come together in the house of God, you know what we need to be doing? We need to be magnifying his name. When Jesus comes to church, he said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst. We need to be praising him. We need to be glorifying him. That's what we need to be doing. We need to be free to worship. The same adversary that this man had surrounds us today. Now, this unclean spirit, here we go. This unclean spirit was sent to possess the man. He did, to possess. That means to take him over, to live inside of him. Now the Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 12 that if there's a man, y'all listen to me, if there's a man and you decide, you know what? I'm getting rid of the devil out of my life. I don't want nothing more to do with him. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to clean up my life. And you start to do that and you sweep your house and you garnish it and you get it ready and you dust off the shelves and everything and you kick the devil out. And he goes down the road. And he goes over here and he says, I'm going to go over here. He says, whoa, wait a minute. Can't go there. He's got a Bible. He's reading the word of God. I can't go over there. He's praying. I can't, I can't go over there. He's singing. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. 
not welcome in them places. So he goes back to where he was. And when he does, he sees that house empty. Holy Ghost has not moved in. The man cleaned up himself. It wasn't a God work. It was a self, it was a man work. And the Bible says he moves back in with seven other spirits. He takes along his demon buddies, seven other spirits more wicked than he was himself. I just wonder, will you read the text with me? This man that had unclean spirit, verse 24, said, let, what's the next word? Us. How did one man turn into us? I wonder if this man's trying to turn over a new leaf with his dead religion and now there's more demons than one move back inside of him. And, 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 and together they are one spirit. Those seven, it's a seven-headed monstrosity. One spirit living inside of him with seven different ones doing the same thing. To Let's think about it now. How in the world, when a man is demon-possessed, only Jesus could kick the devil out. They said, well, the disciples did it by the power of Jesus. And I'm not here to exercise no demons. In fact, if I think there's in there, I'm going to run and go the other way because I'm not interested. And because I, listen, the Bible says that Simon Peter stood up and said, Jesus said, Simon, whom do you say that I am? Simon Peter, y'all listen close. Simon said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Y'all give Simon Peter a good, boy, that's a good testimony, son. Give glory to God. Simon Peter, that's great. Jesus used that moment and said, the Son of Man is going to be betrayed in the hands of sinners. He's going to go up on a cross and lay down his life. He's going to be, going to be killed and crucified. And the third day he's going to be raised again. And Simon, come here, come here, Brother Josh. Simon Peter grabbed him by the shoulder and turned him and said, This be far from thee, Lord. He rebuked the Lord. He told the Lord what to do and what not to do. Kind of the way you pray. Lord, bless so-and-so. You tell him. You don't ask him. Lord, take care. You don't ask him. Well, it's my intent. You're not asking him. You're telling him. Jesus looked at Simon Peter and said, Get thou behind me, Satan. No, wait, 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 wait. That's the same guy that was just testifying and gave a great confession. And now just a couple verses later, the devil has tried to work in his life and he's being oppressed. Thank you, son. Now I want you to think for a minute with me. There's one thing called demon possession where the devil completely takes over. And I've seen it. I've looked into the black of those eyes. I've seen what it'll do, what he'll do. It is unbelievable and untelling the things you see on news, on the news that was not really a man but was a demon that lived inside the man. For Simon Peter, he's not demon-possessed. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. But Simon Peter had become oppressed. Now I'm talking to somebody today. Here we go. The devil is trying to oppress your home. He's trying to oppress me this morning. 
while I'm preaching. He wants to stop me, squelch me, interrupt me, stop me from preaching. He wants you under his control. Somebody said, Preacher Darren, he can't get control over me. He can if you let him. He will begin to oppress, harass, and hinder you on every hand. Some of the things that you've been going through are unexplainable. And the devil has gotten involved in your family and has caused such a catastrophe, such a tumult. I'm telling you, it's like a cataclysmic condition going on in your family right now. And I want to tell you who's behind it. It's not your girl. It's not your boy. It's not your parents. It's the devil. And he's trying to oppress this morning. Now I want to read. I want to read. You got your Bible? I want to read this morning out of the book of Acts chapter 10. The book of Acts. I'm almost done. Acts chapter number 10. Acts chapter 10 and verse number 38. Look at this verse. Oh, preacher, wait, 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 wait. Preacher, wait. What's wait? The man that's possessed, he's a lost man. Jesus kicks the devil out. Only Jesus has authority. Michael, Jude chapter, nine, Jude chapter 1 verse 9. Michael, when the devil was contending with Michael about the body of Moses where the Lord had hid it, where the Lord had buried that body, Michael would not raise a railing accusation against the devil, but said to the devil, the Lord rebuke thee. Mom or daddy, whoever you are listening to me today, you do not have the power to say, get behind me, Satan. You say it. You get him behind you, he'll come up behind you and beat you, stab you, he'll destroy you. You're not strong enough this morning to handle the devil being behind you. What you need to say is, the Lord rebuke you. Let the Lord say, get behind me. When I read an Acts, I'm talking about someone that's saved, someone that the devil has oppressed your thought life, trying to intimidate you, trying to heckle you. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed. Well, wait, wait, wait. He's, that's the same thing. No, it's not. Possession. I can show you in the Word of God the difference. There were those that were possessed, lost people. There are those that are oppressed this morning. And I believe this morning that the devil came that day to the church to try to oppress Jesus from preaching. And I promise you this morning, the devil is here today. Some demon, some monstrosity, some, some, something is here to try to find. I can feel it. I can feel the warfare. I'm talking about spiritual copperheads crawling all over the place and you just sitting there nice and comfortable. I'm telling you, you ought to concern your soul and your preacher comes in and tells you that the devil is trying to oppress your thought life and your home. Man, that ought to drive somebody to say, God, how do I stop this mess? I'll tell you how to stop it. You stop it by the name of Jesus. Turn with me to Acts chapter 5. I'm almost done. Acts chapter 5. I want to look in verse number 16. Preacher, how am I going to get rid of this? This kind cometh not but by prayer and fasting. Look with me. Acts 5, 16.
there came also a multitude out of the cities round about Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them that were vexed with unclean spirits, and they were healed every one. The word vexed, what does that mean? It means an obsession, an attack, and an assault of the mind, trying to control your thought life. He's trying to obsess you with the world. I'm talking to somebody today. You won't be back for a while because you're enamored with the world. You're so busy with all those things. Preacher Darren, I'm going to cut you off right there. Go ahead. Let the devil oppress you. You're obsessing about money. You're freak. You've thought about it all morning. How am I? What am I going to do? What am I going to Me and my wife were talking yesterday. We've been married 34 years. And she said, honey, if we could do anything again, what would it be? We had a do-over. I said, I don't have any regrets, babe. And I said, there's one thing I'd do. I wouldn't worry like I did. Some of you older folks, you think about it, how we worried. I see heads nodding. Nod if you agree, Preacher Aaron. I looked back over my life and I was worried. I want to tell young people today, don't worry so much. That devil's trying to get you to obsess. He's trying to oppress. He just wants you to trust the Lord. The Lord just wants you to trust him. And the devil wants to destroy you by getting you to, to, to doubt God's ability. And don't, to worry. I've worried and stressed about so many things, man. Even finances for our church. Man, you go out and borrow $2 million. That's not an easy thing to do. And Lord, what are we going to do? How are we going to make it? And, and we've got employees of the school and we lost this school. And God, what? God said, don't you worry. You've never had to worry about a thing. You, you did anyway. But what did your worry change? Some of you old saints of God, you ought to be saying, Preacher, tell them. Tell them. You don't need to worry about it. God's got this. God will take care of you. You can trust His ability. You can depend on His might. The, the world and the devil tries to get you to obsess. And, and then here you are this morning and, and you're obsessing with hatred. You, somebody did you wrong and, and you want revenge. You, you want to see them hurt. You want to see them hurt like you were hurt. And you want to extract exact revenge on them or, or get somebody else to exact revenge on them. Or maybe you're here today and you've got guilt over what you did. Maybe you aborted a baby. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've done some heinous thing in your life and, and nobody knows but you. And God's forgiven it. But the devil has come back and said, I remember what you did. It'll all come out soon. And man, you get to obsessing about the guilt of, and the weight of your sins. And you can't get victory. It's all you can do to be here by faith today. I'm telling you, the devil, not only does he possess but he oppresses and he gets people to possess or people to obsess. And I'm telling you this morning, it causes distress. There's some of you that are, you're obsessed about sex. You obsess about drugs. You obsess about music. Where does that stuff come from? It comes from the devil. I'm done right here. There's a preacher by the name of A.J. Gordon. He was in Britain in the late 1800s and D.L. Moody loved to have him come by the tabernacle and preach. When he would come, he'd come to the States, fly back and forth. And A.J. Gordon said that one night he had a dream. He was in the pulpit preaching. I'm going to stand in the pulpit. 
He's in the pulpit preaching. The place was crowded. And he saw a visitor who was unkempt. He had come wandering down the aisle way, looking for a place to sit, looking for a place to sit. People just look at him like, we don't have any room in this, on this road. Don't have any room. And finally, one, one fine gentleman scooted over and, and the visitor sat down. And, and he looked different than anybody else there. And, and A.J. Gordon said, in my dream when I preached... I kept noticing in my vision, in my field of vision, I kept noticing, I kept noticing, kept noticing. I was drawn to this one, drawn to this one. And he said, and I gave the invitation. And very few came. And we dismissed the service. And I wanted to see this visitor. And he was quick to get out. And so I said to the man who let him sit with him, I said, who is the visitor? He said, why didn't you know him? He was Jesus of Nazareth. He came to hear you preach today. And he said, I didn't even take time to shake his hand. The Lord was here when I preached the word. The Lord was here when we praised his name. The Lord was here. And it was all we could do to let him have a seat, much less to let him have control. And man, I got to reading that story this last week. And I got to thinking, where two or three are gathered, my name there and I in the midst. And honey, I want him to take over. I want him to show his authority. I wouldn't have show his ability. And I'm telling you on the authority of the word of God, there's a mother, uh, there, there's a family. You are oppressed. You are oppressed by the devil about things. And you need to let the Lord have this. And honey, when he takes control and he kicks the devil oppression out of your life, your children are going to have victory. Your marriage is going to have victory. Things are going to turn around. I'm talking today about a family today that God wants to help. You stand to your feet. Brother Seth, you come. Hey, somebody today, you need to come say, Lord, I want you to have my thought life. Lord, you put some th your finger on some things in my life. And Lord, I'm absolutely consumed with worry and doubt and stress and burdens and concerns. And my preacher just said that he would worry less. Lord, that's what I need to do today. Would you come? Would you come and show God? I want you to have, take control of this, Lord. Tell the devil, the Lord rebuke thee. Get thee behind me, Satan. Let Jesus do this for you today. Folks are coming. God bless you. Maybe you're at home and you need to bow on your knee and say, God, there's oppression in my home. I'm taking the word of God in my hand and I'm calling and crying out in the name of Jesus. Let's pray this morning. Father, on bended knee Lord we say we need your help again Lord the devil when Jesus comes to church the devil does too and he tries to fight us he tries to oppress us he tries to defeat us he seeks to destroy us but God there are people that have recognized the tactics and the strategies of the devil and how he goes about lurking, trying to defeat. And this morning, Father, the Holy Ghost has sounded the gospel trumpet. And the warning has been declared. Lord, this morning, Father, we bow before the authority of Jesus. And we pray this morning, Father, would you take away the oppression 
out of the home, out of the life? Would you take away the obsessing over guilt, over hatred, over revenge, over hurt, over bitterness? God, would you take away those things this morning, God, and let it be a work of the Holy Ghost. Let it be a work of the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray you'd clear matters up in that family. God, that there'd be peace. God, there'd be blessing. There'd be enlightenment. There'd be encouragement. God, I pray there'd be victory. There'd be triumph. God, maybe this morning, Lord, that man in the synagogue, when the devil got kicked out, the devil had put chains all over that man. When the devil got kicked out and that man stood up, he was free to worship. The chains were left laying there. God, may it be this morning that with that daddy, with that mama, with that brother, with that sister, with this man, this woman gets off their knees in this altar today, God, that their chains of oppression, their chains of obsession are left laying here and we can go home and say, Jesus came to church with me today and Jesus delivered a message and Jesus disturbed the monstrosities and Jesus has delivered this man and Jesus disturbed, Jesus deserves my praise. Lord, this morning, I thank you for what you've done. Help us now, Lord, I pray in Jesus' worthy name. And all God's people say, Amen and Amen.